for listening to the Folk Podcast. If you would like to become more involved with the Wisdom of Odin community, please think about donating to Patreon. At the lowest tier, you gain access to our community Discord. Uh, the next tier, you gain access to live streams. And of course, at the final tier, you gain early access videos, as well as your name in the end credits for all Wisdom of Odin videos. Thank you so much for watching, and thank you so much for whatever support you're able to provide. He's, he's been waiting for this day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I got I, I, I have my face real quick. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 35, where Ian gets to talk a lot because we're finally talking about Hill. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> uh, my, my name's Jacob. That doesn't matter. Caleb's here. Whatever. I am recording right now. <laughs> this, is, this is our intro. <laughs> Oh, hey, yeah, like let me tell you, Ian has had a grin on his face. He is just like, he is so ready. I have like two things to talk about. Ian's just like, let's talk about majoring, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, at this point, I think we just put down the headsets and the mics. I know, like, yeah, just like, Ian, like, <laughs> yeah, let Ian just go off. I heard there's this guy called the Wisdom of Vote, and he makes all right YouTube videos. Might catch up on his videos while Ian talks. <laughs> <laughs> um so to begin i i do want to you know we we got uh, basically we got a question in the emails or did someone ask you ian um so i've actually had quite a few um people message me on instagram and regularly i get people asking me questions you know just about hell in general um and the discord as a whole yeah but yeah one of the things that that recently like what prompted me really to to uh ask this again, as a subject that we talk about, because I have asked about it before. Um, numerous occasions. Yeah, numerous occasions. Um, we're finally getting it. But uh, yeah, I had two individuals uh, message me on Instagram. Um, you know, one primarily just wanting, you know, a conversation about hell being, you know, with one of them. And another individual um, who was military who uh, asked about, you know, he uh, does mortuary um, affairs i believe is something i believe is what it was but you know for the military and you know he asked kind of you know being working so close with the dead you know things you know would hell be somebody obviously to work with or at least like have some form of connection while doing this job not necessarily making it a religious you know aspect uh about you know doing things so much with the bikes obviously <clears throat> he has to he has to maintain a certain level of professionalism but you know he said yeah like you are essentially a caretaker of the dead doing mortuary affairs hell is also the caretaker of the dead and for the vast majority of us when we die um so yeah that's kind of what prompted it and again like i said i've had a lot of people message me in the discord asking you know advice about hell and and you know you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah it's been yeah. a long time coming. <laughs> I know originally the topic you also brought up as well was uh, talking about all of Loki's children, but we decided to, to talk about Hell specifically in this video mm -hmm. um, because Hell, I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, would you say she's more approachable than most of Loki's children? Uh, yeah, I would definitely say, because yeah, I've worked with two out of the three um, as far as Loki's children go. But yeah, as far as approachable for the vast majority of people, she is much more approachable um, just because of the fact that the vast majority of us are going to end up, you know, basically in Helheim. Um, you know, not very, it's going to be very rare for a lot of us to uh, end up in Valhalla. You know, that's, you know, obviously that fantasy of, of going there is just not 
it's not it's, it's a fantasy you know what i mean like it's it's yeah. going to be extremely extremely rare and circumstantial for any of us to end up going there so the majority of us are going to go to helheim uh, i'm shooting on. for bliskin here <laughs> but yeah. yeah so as far as being approachable for sure she she had a lot of people and that's the thing that I've, I've tried to change as far as um that stigma about here is a lot of people are almost slightly terrified because she has this persona of that has been kind of dropped on her as being a, a dark goddess of death and usually people are like oh god of death or goddess of death like they're inherently evil she's loki's daughter inherently evil blah 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 that's not the case we don't there's not really good and evil within our pantheon really it's it's order and chaos um and uh was that motorcycle in the yeah yeah yeah. it's all right um so one thing i do want to bring up um is i've been kind of working on this like hierarchy of like difficulty in contact as far as the deities go i feel like there's certain deities Hmm. that are very easy to contact very easy to get a response out of and there's some that are hard to reach um, and then there's some that are near impossible to reach. So why even try? And then there's some that it's just like, I've never heard anyone like, there's the questionable category. Like, are they, can they even be contacted? Are they, are, are they godly enough to be contacted? Mm. Um, so I would put hell somewhere in the middle. Like I personally, like, I don't think, you know, day one pagans like, huh, I feel the call of the gods. I'm going to talk to hell right away. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily the first pathway to go with. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. She's definitely more of like a, um, yeah, a middle ground because usually when people ask about, you know, contacting her, contacting her or, or having an experience with her, it is usually a very, very specific situation. And usually it entails the, you know, the death of a loved one or somebody close to you or, you know, something like that. Um, and, you know, a lot of people that have messaged me personally, they're like, hey, you know, either uh, a friend's, grandparent or you know somebody like a friend of theirs had somebody pass away and they want to do something or you know they had somebody pass away and they want to do something you know and that's usually when people come to me is these very specific circumstances of you know unfortunately somebody either that they know through a friend or like a friend's family member or one of their own family members passing on um and that's usually the gateway as far as your first interaction with a lot of people with hell um you know i'll kind of go a little bit into like my experience with it um which was that situation was the death of a loved one uh more specifically it was the uh loss of a child uh so you know one of the hell's big things is she is the caretaker of unborn children so you know that and i didn't actually come to realize that until i had been working with her for quite a bit actually and then it just clicked and it made more sense Uh, because initially when that situation happened to me uh, you know, I naturally was like, okay, I'm going to reach out to hell. I'm going to make an offering, say, hey, please, you know, ask her to watch over uh, my child who unfortunately did not, you know, see life. And that's basically that first step that I took into working with her. It was very much like everybody else. It was very much a, you know, please watch over this person as they pass on. And then it just, it stuck. And I just kept working with her and working with her more and more until now, like, you know, I would consider her, you know, a matron or a primary deity that I work with on a regular basis. Um, you know, and because of that, I have started to focus on changing the the stigma of that. Oh, just because she's Loki's child, she's evil. I mean, Loki is an evil. He's chaos. Hell in herself is a form of chaos. I like to compare her as more of like controlled chaos. 
um, so to speak, very like methodical, like thought out, not necessarily, uh, let me just throw this like firecracker in a, in, a, in a store and see what happens, kind of like Loki chaos, you know what I mean? Uh, so it's spontaneous. Um, but yeah, that's where a lot of people generally have their first experience with her is through the death of a loved one or somebody that they know or, you know, et cetera. So yeah, I would, I would say she's more mid-tier. I, you know, I, w- I would say hell more as like in between order and chaos where she's organizing the chaos of death. Right. That's why I say like she's a lot more controlled. And chaos. she's, ha- she's right. you know, balanced. You know, she's a. Uh, yeah, she's you know, perfectly balanced. Life and death. Yeah, the duality of the, le- yeah, exactly, of life and right. death. You know, and, and it is like you said, my first experience was a few days ago. My current girlfriend, her father passed away. So I mm-hmm. went out to a, a spot that I'm calling the God Grove here in my area and i gave a solo offering to hell and it was a really good experience that i had with hell compared to the texas gathering i went where you led the ritual there and then the introduction i did with hell yep exactly yeah and and that's the thing is that um like you said it was a good experience you know and that's what a lot of people are are kind of afraid of they're like okay like how you know their their initial thing is like how is she like as far as as a dd like working with her like she's a very caring person obviously she cares for millions of people that have passed on, you know, at this point in time. Um, it's, it's just that, you know, the, the mythology makes her seem to be a monster. Um, Not only you know, the be- mythology, but you, you can also throw Christianity in there as well. Right. Yeah. Cause you have the play on her name with the Christian hell. So it's throwing an extra mm-hmm. B on it being, or an extra L on it. English is hard apparently for me today. Um, but yeah, so you have, this this unfortunate misconception and stigma that has kind of followed her around over the centuries um you know and i've been i me personally i've been made it you know my mission working with her to change that as much as possible um i feel like i'm doing an okay job i mean now we're doing a podcast about well, her, so. <laughs> uh, you know in, in a way it's kind of my mission too because you know being a former pastor I've, I've talked with my relatives and i've talked with people who are christians who ask me questions about the afterlife mm-hmm. and i've told them you know that they get their version of the afterlife one off of one person from a long time ago who believed in a plethora of different theologies and like i was telling jacob so the christian version of the afterlife it, that we have today is wrong completely wrong and completely inaccurate uh and that we shouldn't be, and I encourage people like that are pagans, like, you know, if they're afraid of death or if they're unsure about death, to contact hell because she's not this mean, ferocious, like, fearmongering God like we see in so, uh, the modern media compared to uh, Greek, well, the Hellenistic pagans is Hades. You know, Hades is always seen as a villain, and he's not, just like hell. And though the Thor movie, as horrible as that one was, mm, yeah. uh, that they made her a villain and she's not you know they, they care for the dead they care for their the people coming to them and like you said one day we'll probably probably all be there we're not all going to get to go to Mahalo. we're not all going to get to go to freya's hall or whatever i can't think of the name of it right yeah. yeah 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 so you it would do good to familiarize yourself with her because you may end up in her care yeah and in, in my in my like the, the problem too is is a lot of people one of the common questions that I get asked is just overall information as far as like what can I read what can I you know look up 
to learn more about her. And the, the sad thing is, is that there's really not a whole lot. I mean, you really have two main stories in, in the mythology, and that is, well, I guess three technically. You have, obviously, the first discovery of Loki's children, where it introduces her, Fenrir, and Jormungandr. And then you have her involvement with the death of Baldur, and then you have her somewhat involvement in Ragnarok. And that's really it. And then obviously, Jacob, you found the bit in the Poetic Edda. Well, I think that's um, just a reference to her being the child of Loki. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's um, it. Like, uh, I'm looking through them right now just to make sure I got them all down. But you have Voluspa and Skama, which is um, the story, like the, the small uh, tale of small Voluspa, which involves Freya asking um, for like advice from this witch. And one of the things that gets propped up is Loki's um, lineage. Um, mm. and I can even tell exactly where she is mentioned. Um, I think it is Loki ate a woman's heart. He found it half burned on a buried linden tree or on a burning linden tree. Loki became pregnant from the dead evil woman. And from that child came all the troll women. So I think that's the reference to hell. I'm not sure because none of the names are actually given because it says Loki fathered a wolf to ang uh, with Angerboda. He uh, produced Sleipnir with uh, Svathifari. Uh, but there was one child worse than all the others, um, those born to uh, Bailey's brother, Loki. And then it mentions like the troll woman and then Jormungandr, like the storm steered sea, heaven, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it doesn't even necessarily reference directly to her. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And then there's uh, Baldur's drama, which is Baldur's dream where Odin rides to hell to discuss why Baldur's having nightmares and like, is foretold of his death but even then she's not really mentioned it's mentioned the realm of hell and then he right. uh, he wakens a witch which like the witch may be hell i can't tell um you know i've been trying to read in it because like one thing he says to the witch is you are neither a witch nor a wise woman no you are the mother of three monsters so that might be anger both of them i think i think a, a common yeah i think a common idea that a lot of people have is that that's who that it, it is anger both that he is resurrecting um yeah at that point in time yeah so in the two poems that even have anything to do with hell she's not even even prevalent as a figure like let me exactly I'll continue a conversation i'll try to see if i can find anything in the prose edit right but yeah so like that's that's a big issue that uh, you know unfortunately is a, a a thing like i mean i have a book called the road to hell which i mean it doesn't even necessarily talk about her specifically it's, it's more just, about like historical death practices of the right exactly yeah. um now yeah in my in some of my research and some stuff that other people have read it and you know have informed me or like dropped some knowledge on me um as well is that um I'll have to find exactly where it was read, but I was told that uh, a lot of the more common folk like us were, you know, primarily worship Hell and Thor. They were the two prevalent individuals because Thor is, you know, God of the Hearth, protector of Midgard, you know, uh, uh, mm -hmm. loyal husband. Yes, and, yes right. <laughs> So like he was, he was a more commonly worshipped individual as well as hell because most of the common folk, you were not going to die in battle. You were going to die a normal, boring, potential every day to day life. Whether you know it was by age, by death, or by disease. By, by yeah, disease. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. The other D word, not death. Because obviously, <laughs> when you die, you death. Uh, but yeah, so like she was a primary. She was a lot more. You know, there was a lot more of a, a following for her before the common folk, whereas more of the uh the nobility at that time would have primarily focused around the Aesir because they were considered you know 
I guess, a higher class of God, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So like there is some information out there, but it's so little, whether it was either just lost or destroyed or et cetera. Um, you know, so it has been difficult. So like when I tell people, you know, things that I've experienced as far as, as advice that I give them or, you know, et cetera, it is a hundred percent, most of it is through my own personal experience. But luckily, you know, the people that I have talked to about it, you know, have given advice and stuff like that. You know, I, I don't always ask them like, okay, how was that experience? Usually they'll come back to me and they'll say like, it is, you know, pretty similar to exactly like what you said, um, as far as that feeling of, of reassurance and almost like a, a, a motherly, um, you know, caring, nurturing nature. Yeah. I would also say very calming and gentle. Yeah. You know, yeah, I exactly. Mean, calming and gentle is a good one to look at it. Because whenever I gave the offering uh, on behalf of, of my girlfriend, you know, I didn't even ask her anything. I just felt like I needed to. Mm-hmm. And I went down, you know, you've, you've seen where I've called look, my Thor spot, the God Grove. I went down to where I would picture hell being at is a staircase. And I gave a winter type me I, and I gave it to her and I talked to her for a minute and like, whenever I first got there, the, like the wood and stuff was really alive, like noise and stuff. But whenever I went to that spot and I started giving that offering and I, I called her and uh, everything got really calm and quiet and like the wind died down. And then like, after I asked her to look after the person's, and make sure they got where they needed to go or or wherever they were supposed to go that's when i felt that cool just a very cool gentle breeze and a very calming feeling and that's what i picture being with hell is like you know she's not this monster or atrocity that we we want to envision from our childhood that we were told about from our parents or whatever other beliefs we have uh beforehand is you know it's okay to contact her really out of all three of Loki's children, especially, but even out of all the gods, because we all live common lives. Like you said, we're not all soldiers fighting for our country or, you know, we're, we're not going to be put in the line of battle yeah. any, anytime soon. I, I don't think. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like the, yeah, the fact like it, it just kind of triggered some memory. Um, you know, when you're talking about that calming breeze, I mean, Jacob, you were, you can probably attest to this if you remember it. Um, at the fall gathering back in, in Kentucky, um, when we I had a hell altar set up, and when you came by the second day that I had it set up, when I brought you, Kaoden, and Kat down there, mm. um, there was, like, after Kat had done her thing, there was, like, a calming breeze that blew through because it was completely still. And that seems yeah. to be a reoccurring thing because it happened when I did it by myself down there, and then at the Texas gathering when I did the Hell's Bloat, it also you know that calm like that calm breeze cool after, breeze. Yeah, it came through. So that seems to be a regular occurrence for her. And that like I'm like now that you're hearing that, like I'm starting to kind of you know put those pieces together. So yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, that's what it felt like when that offering. Not like the breeze, we, we experienced the uh, the group offering when you invited mm-hmm. Hell in. Yeah, so um, that's the thing. I was Oh, oh, I, I was just saying, I, I found the section in the prose edda that expands yeah. on Loki's children. So I figured I'd just read that um, because it's one of the few sections we have about hell. Um, I mean, it's a decent description. But it's, I mean, it's basically all we have. Um, so in Gilfagening in the prose edda, it's page 26 and 27 what I have because the prose edda is horribly organized and a horrible <laughs> book. Um, but um, 
it discusses how the Allfather and the gods um, collected Loki's children, distributed them across Midgard, um, Jormungandr going into the sea. Um, and of course, it expands into Fenrir and the Binding of Fenrir. And then you have Hel. It says, Hel he threw into Niflheim and gave her authority over the nine worlds, such that she has to administer bra- uh, a board and lodging to those sent to her, and that is those who die of sickness or old age. She has great mansions there, and her walls were exceptionally high, and the gates uh, the gates great. Her hall is called El- El- Elundnir, her, uh, her dish hunger, her knife famine, and the servant uh, Ganglati, serving maid Ganglot, her threshold where you enter stumbling block, her bed sick bed, her curtains gleaming bale. She is um, half dead and half flesh colored. Thus she is easily recognized and rather downcast and fierce looking. And that's basically all you get. Yeah, and that's like, that's an unfortunate thing that being that she was, you know, for the common folk, like us basically, uh, you know, she was such a, a commonly worshipped individual that, like, it's sad that there isn't a lot more that was preserved. Now, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively confident in that it was more so, not that it was just not tracked, but it was probably destroyed um, around the rise of Christianity and the downfall of, like, Norse paganism or paganism as a whole, because that's a very easy, you know, tactic to potentially turn you know, to essentially convert people by changing things slightly and being like, oh no, like that's a scary place to go. Um, you know, so it's, a lot, yeah, it a lot is of it, really a sad. lot of it changed with uh, Catholicism, like I was telling Jacob before, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Saint Augustine and his beliefs and ideals. Whenever he wrote about hell, he's the person in, in the Bible who actually defines hell being an eternal damnation place, and he didn't even base it off of anything Norse pagan wise. He based it off of the Greek version of Tartarus. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's where he the influence of that comes in. And they didn't even call it hell, they called it Hades. But then when you go up north, and as Christianity branched out and went up north, that's whenever they come, you know, called it hell because the goddess hell and the afterlife there. Yeah, it it is sad that like she's gotten such a a, a tarnished name and reputation. So uh, on that, um, you know, as I'm just sitting here, I feel like a, I'm the, the scholar of this episode. I'm just going through the poetic and prosetta. I mean, there's a theme of just aggression in almost everything the gods say. Like, you know, when, you know, he went, uh, Odin went to hell to discuss with the witch, you know, Boulder's dream. Like, he is trying to get information. And he keeps on saying, like, don't be silent yet, witch. You know, give me more information. And it's just like in a very aggressive tone, basically, all the time. Um, and even though it's talked about how she was given, you know, way of the dead, you know, it's showing how important that role is a little bit when they try to go back to try to win over Baldur's body. Um, once again, in Gilfagening, it talk, I mean, essentially, they try to barter saying like, hey, let Baldur live. And they can't just take him. Like they are right. like Odin himself can't decide and break the rules. You know, hell is the watcher of, you know, Niflheim of hell of the dead. And even, you know, she is like, you know, only if every being in the world agrees to allow him to live again, um, will I allow him to have you? So it's like, she is still very powerful. And even the gods have to recognize that power in their own right. weird, that, angry way. Right. And, and there's, there's a, there's a few things where I've noticed like with reading about her and, and it's almost as if, um, you know, a lot of the, the stuff that I've come across, it's, it's saying that Odin, you know, there's a few things where I've come across where Odin banished her to Niflheim and to Helheim and to have her own realm of the dead. But I'm trying to remember if it was specifically um, Neil Gaiman's mythology telling of it, 
um, where it was almost it was a agreed upon decision by him. Was, like, yeah, it was, more, it was a, a mutual thing, which I think is a personally I believe is a more accurate representation because you know she she doesn't associate well with the rest of the gods, right? The rest of the gods don't necessarily associate well with her because of her appearance. Um, and oh. Sirens in the background. Yeah, we we can hear them. Um, no, I'll agree with that. Uh, and Neil Gaiman's North mythology, I believe, like he he after he he goes through and releases Jormungandr, and then it, it, he briefly goes into hell, and Odin in there asks hell, "What does she want? Like, where do you want to be? I'll let you live in Asgard if that's what you want. If you want to live in Midgard, I'll let you live there." you don't just he's seen her like a child like a little girl like you know he didn't he, he didn't perceive her half dead part as bad he just seen her as a child and so she's like well i'd rather be with the dead because they're not afraid of me they don't you know and then, and then we probably the Vanir and the aesir probably would look down on her because of her lineage and how she looked and her appearance was is so uh off-putting i guess for them so it would make sense for her to go to there and and nibelheim and, and watch over the dead right exactly like that's the thing like it was it was a mutually agreed upon decision based off of that and that to me is a, a far more accurate description and representation because yeah she's not this evil being like she wasn't banished to well, to and now i think about it you could consider that being like an oath too. Like Odin made an oath with her to to watch over the dead. And now that Balder was dead, he couldn't break his oath against her being the the ruler of the dead. I mean, yeah, in a way, yeah, you could kind of look at it that way, so to speak. But yeah, it, it's just the the negative connotations that have come from you know just time period dot that she has gotten this negative representation i mean obviously the thor movie is completely butchered to who she is as a, as a being anyways mm-hmm. so she wasn't this war goddess yeah like wants to burn the world kind of thing you know that, she, uh, the, that character has absolutely nothing to do with actual hell exactly yeah she is not <laughs> well, her, I, I think, loki's you know older sister like like well yeah, i think the actual character the marvel character just uses the name and that's about it Okay, I have now scoured all of the poetic, uh, the prose edda. Basically, the only thing is when they go to barter for um, Baldur's body, uh, she makes that deal with Odin if everyone in the world weeps for him. And then the the small description you get at the very beginning of her being cast down is basically it. Yeah, yeah there's and not exactly. much. And it, that's, what's, that's what's sad is that there's not much. Like, I've, I've started kind of working on my own, like, writings and and like this is, i don't want to call it like a book yeah basically I'm, I'm kind of starting to prepare myself to start writing a a thing or a book you know going a little bit more in detail but obviously like i've said earlier a lot of what i have what I'm, i would be writing and a lot of the advice that i've given to people is all from personal experience so obviously not everybody's experience is going to be the same but you know at least it's something to start changing the mindset that people have because yeah, there is still a lot of people, even within like the the Discord community as a whole, like or just the community as a whole, like that still have a a a fear of her because of you know just the way that she's been described, the way that people have all you know have been like, oh no, she's 
like as of death, like she's a terrifying being, Loki's child, et cetera, et cetera. So here's an interesting thought I just had um, while whimming through the prose and poetic edda. So the prose edda, if you only, I mean, the poetic edda, if you only read the poetic edda, you would not actually think hell herself is a person. You would only think it is a place. Um, without the prose edda, the establishment her, as her as a person, as a deity, as a child of Loki, is the only place we get it from. So, and it seems like hell itself is not referred to as a place until she is given dominance over it. It's only referred to as Niflheim. So I'm wondering if like, the idea of hell as a place like she is hell and like or like there is a per, like a personification which is a being but for the most part it's still a place and then it can personify itself in a in a person as well for communication um so like hell is death you know hell is a place of death i mean because that is basically if you look into the history of it from what i understand is the you know pre-christian scandinavian society people hell just meant earth hell just meant the ground and that's where you went when you died so it seems like you know if you want to communicate with the ground if you want to communicate with death you communicate with hell as a being um so i don't know there, there might be a connection there but there does definitely seem to be that divide of being or place Right, and I mean that—that's actually a really interesting thought because I—if if you look at it that way, it also kind of adds to the importance of, you know, her or the it as a place, you know, even more because if she's something like that where she is the earth or the ground, you know, that's that's a big deal. Well, um, so one of the things I do know from myths and symbols in pagan Europe by H. R. Ellis Davison, who's also the one who wrote *The Road to Hell*, um, mm -hmm. it mentions the Icelandic value in Helgafell which is a mountain in Iceland that they actually viewed as the place all the ancestors rested um, and that it was almost like a portal into the afterlife and that like at some point the doors of Helgafell opened and you could hear the halls of the dead you know cheering and feasting and drinking um, so the idea of hell as a good place is not you know so far removed you know it seems like the Icelandic people at least saw it as a place of just where your ancestors go when they died. Right, and there there is a um, I have to remember exactly. I can't remember off the top of my head uh, the story um, that this is from, but you know the the road to hell is described as a as you know a road going through beautiful golden fields of wheat where your ancestors are off on the sign. Um, you know, so like it's it's not a bad place. Like that's the thing. Like that's that's a lot of people either just choose not to read into that kind of stuff or choose just to like. You know, say ignorant to it until you know they feel a, an actual calling to reach out to hell but you know it's just one of those things so yeah here you go i think this is where you're talking about is hell wreath uh birnhilder or Brun brunhild's ride to hell um like in the po this is in the poetic edda um it is said that she is driving in the wagon along the road to hell and she passed through a farm where a certain giant woman lived the giant woman said you don't get to go ride through my rocky lands through my pastures it'd be more fitting for you to sew a tapestry than to come visit here and another woman's husband so like the road to hell has things living on it and yeah. has a farm you know <laughs> like yeah exactly so yeah it's, it's essentially just another place yeah to go you know to uh, in the like it's, it's an afterlife you know it's it's a it's not a a bad place it's a, a continuation of life after life so to speak like guess i don't know life after death there we go well and you know another thing i've always found interesting is at the end of ragnarok according to the tales Baldur comes back from hell so like there right. seems to be a way to come back and then it begs the question of so where does odin die when odin dies does he just go to hell and does that mean he eventually can come back you know yeah i mean there, there's another tale of a of a uh 
of a warrior. Guys, I, I wish I had writ- written these down, but there's a, a. I thought you were sp- so ready for this episode, Ian. I know. Right, I, I right. thought I was. Do you even now... have a copy of the Prozetta? No, actually, I don't have a copy. Oh. Anywho, <laughs> uh... never mind. Episode canceled. Our experts not <laughs> even an expert. Um, Ian, so what are you going to order right after this episode? Probably a Prozetta. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a. It's, it's just, <laughs> I can't remember the the warriors. Yeah, I can't remember the warriors. Name. I know what you're like, talking about, where he comes back from Valhalla, and then like well, I can only stay here for so long, and then I gotta go back. Right. There's a similar tale to that where uh, an individual comes back, like a essentially male? manifest. Yeah, like they essentially come. It's something very similar to that. I'm not even gonna try to explain because I'm not gonna remember because I don't have it written down somewhere. But I'll have hmm. to try to find it. Don't worry, I'll, I'll find it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, like, thank you. Like you said, you're the scholar of this episode. Dude, like, <laughs> have you seen how destroyed my poetic edit is? Like, I have used this thing so much. Like, oh, yeah. I have mine's, to get another copy at some point. Mine's starting to get there. Yeah, and I mean, that's going to be the complicated thing of a lot of the deities. Um, part of the reason there is, like, in my mind, the hierarchy of deities there is to reach, like, certain deities are hard to reach because we just don't know that much about them. So, like, right. it's all going to be that UPG versus VPG thing, like, unverified personal noses and verified personal noses. Is there some certain things where it's, like, if you want to contact, like, I don't know, like, I mean, shoot, Volley, you know, like, which is, like, the son of Odin that avenges Baldur's death, like, technically mm-hmm. is a deity, but we literally only know that he avenges Baldur's death. We know no other yeah. aspect all, all about Baldur. All he does is kill his brother. That's all. We yeah, know. like that's all we yeah. know, and uh, we know that he doesn't like groom himself until he kills Baldur. It's like, oh, that's gross. Like, so like, if someone's like, I want to connect to Volley, well, good luck. We don't really know. We don't know. Don't take a yeah bath for like years. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> like it's, or like Vidar. Like, okay, like, are you gonna wear like a big boot? <laughs> yeah like yeah like vidar doesn't really have much of, to him either up until like he kills fenrir like that's really like his big like defining moment so would you say you have a negative relation with vidar then since you uh like yourself some fenrir uh <laughs> no not really because like i haven't had it like a connection with him, you know <laughs> i mean you know it's i'm not gonna take sides necessarily because of you, you just know, don't want me to say immediately afterwards uh oh so you can see why i have a problem with fenrir people right because <laughs> yeah right and, you know that's something i've often thought about because no both of you i'm like that is one interesting connection right there in friendship <laughs> yeah i mean it's one of those you know it's the you just gotta trust yourself and your you know your beliefs i mean i've had pe- multiple people ask me i mean it's one of the reasons this episode is a question is a topic is people have asked you know can i worship fenrir and my immediate response is always but why why <laughs> yeah, and, because and you have gone re- on record before ian let me go back i believe it was like episode 17 like oh i don't think you can talk to jormungandr because like what can you offer jormungandr is something that you can actually and then over here you're just talking to fenrir you know <laughs> yeah, and, and it goes, right but it goes like to like that tier of of certain individuals certain beings and deities are much more difficult to reach like for the Fenrir example, that is such an, a very specific situation that I went through, such a, a specific uh, emotional like change or mindset that it was that perfect, like specific situation that- Perfect circumstance. That. Yeah, exactly. So he would be on the tier of like, you know, damn near impossible, you know? And obviously like I've done my own PSA when, reach, when people ask me about like, just if you are a beginner, don't 
Just don't. It's not going to be worth it. You know, you don't know what you're getting into. But we can't tell people how to run, worship their own deities. That's the beauty of paganism, Ian. Exactly. Right. But okay, it's more of a warning (laughs) of of yeah. Okay. I'm being sarcastic here. Like yeah. Here's the red tape. If you destroy the red tape, that's we warned you. you. Like right. Yeah. One of my favorite sayings from an individual in the community. It's uh, your soul, not mine. Right. right yeah right you know it's like i've had people they're like yeah i've been doing this for a week now you know i've really been vibing with the gods oh, how do i talk to fender i'm like bro yeah. like just like yeah. go hang out with thor for a bit like go talk to freya like go have a good time right. i want to go down the dark path my dude right. <laughs> are you saying i'm like the sith lord of paganism right now like for jacob yeah because like you're on the opposite end of the spectrum and i'm just yeah anytime someone's just like hey i want to worship finra i'm like (laughs) 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 like oh you want to talk to like my dude's fucking killer okay great (laughs) right yeah odin's bane is literally yeah literally one of his names yeah like yeah. that's that's why I think it's funny whenever we bring this up. It's like the Sokis Jacobs automatically on the other side of the fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's like the same said, thing with like someone asks if like, hey, can we, uh, let's talk, uh, talk about uh, where's some of that Yormaganda guy, you know? Over oh, yeah, no, <laughs> no. I don't yeah. do Yormaganda. Well, yeah, yeah. it's like I've made that point. Like I've, like you know, I've ex- I've brought this point up to you, Jacob. I've talked, you know, I think you said it on the podcast. I may have, yeah, said it on the podcast. Of yeah, like a being like you are under like like what you were saying as far as the tier of difficulties reached, like what what can you give to even? Here's the cupcake. Yeah, right. Like what can you snake boy a cupcake? Yeah, exactly. Like what can you give to get a being like that's attention that is that is so primal in nature that it's not even Uh, it's just a bull's head apparently. Well, yeah, but that's instinctual. That's a that's food, right? That is a primal instinct to eat something you know what i mean like i mean yeah if you are out there and you're like i want to give to jormungandr well get yourself a boat get an ox head and throw it in there and see what you pull up good luck um, i'm not no nope. i'm washing my yeah, hands right? <laughs> but like here's your idea but right? yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah no Mm-mm. you couldn't pay me enough no right well you know and i've had people ask about like cert as well i'm like why no, <laughs> like no. you want to talk to the guy that burns the world tree okay have fun my yeah. dude yeah, and like that's that's honestly like a, a, a weird thing that is, you know, that has, you know, hell has been dragged into that as well to a certain degree of like, why would you want to talk to the, you know, the goddess of death because of that, you know, who, who she's associated with. Like, yeah, her two of her brothers killed two other gods, you know, in Ragnarok. They have a huge part into it. Thor kills Yormungand. There, there's a tie. Don't you just right okay. Thor off like that. <laughs> right okay yeah it's, 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 with slight advantage to thor because he gets like what seven steps before he dies <laughs> right. right okay right. yeah but still like two of her yeah you know her two brothers have a, a extremely pivotal part in the destruction you know of of everything during Ragnarok. so yeah and that you know association has reached over to her when she just like yes she has some involvement in it but not it's more so yeah it's more so that she she does it because they're family exactly yeah well i mean you can make the same argument for loki as well i mean literally two of his children murdered two of the you know divine gods you know so it's one of those things where it's just like that whole story that whole lineage is just mild like marred and complex you know like going off of the last episode uh 
that we just did the video games. Have y'all finished the uh, Valhalla stuff for Assassin's Creed? Like uh, the Asgard stuff? Yeah. Yeah, like I, I played all the way through to the Binding of Fenrir. Yeah, so like when he brings in Fenrir to the thing and Odin's like chasing the wolf, like, you know, it, it, I like the way they did that a little bit. Like, yeah. is, is it right? Probably not. But, you know, Loki is looking after his own kids at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you know, like going back to the fall gathering, which all three of us were at, you know, that whole gathering had some very oh. interesting vibes because it was like you had Angerbo the vibes, you had Fenrir vibes, most likely. You had some like ancient ancestor vibes, which then you can go into like hell, you know. So mm-hmm. there was definitely some really old magic of that gathering, which is again, yeah. when it, that gathering, man, like is for the record books because that there was yeah. just some like weird stuff at that gathering. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's hey, yeah. one of the chaos kids found a snake. Like, I mean, yeah, that oh, that whole gathering. Well, and especially since I encountered one of those beings, and that was one of the beings that inspired me. It was weird because, like, you know, there's a lot of you know going to unbury witches and talk to them in the poetic at a. I mean, shoot, like th- like third of the stories is about bur- unburying the dead to talk to them, <laughs> and so and like yeah. I encountered an old like witch type being in the woods that like inspired me for one of the the rituals, which was like an ancestor heavy ritual. So it's like there was just so many. Oh, I love the fall gathering. Yeah, so the good. fall gathering was great. <laughs> yeah it's that's the thing too like a lot of i've actually had people um you know uh ask about ancestral worship i mean hell is a good one to start with as far as potentially reaching out to your ancestors because most likely unless you specifically know that one of your ancestors died in battle like say if you had an ancestor you know a great great grandfather that was in world war one or world war two and died in battle like obviously that's a little bit more of a okay maybe you should try to reach out to odin first about reaching out to that specific ancestor but for the yeah like i said the vast majority of us or freya yeah or freya potentially you know you just you we die of old age right so if you're trying to reach to especially in these accursed modern times where we all just go to the retirement home exactly i'm probably Um, gonna die it's drinking myself to death because you're gonna (laughs) die from your logging job from what it sounds like oh yeah (laughs) yeah oh yeah common work yeah that's a no go ahead sorry I was just saying a common way to die. Yeah. I mean, yeah, dude, I mean, that's honestly why I'm like, you know, I don't mind taking risks when it comes to like hiking and things like that. Like I would much rather, I mean, shoot, I'm young. So like, I don't want to necessarily die yet, but I would rather die doing something I love than dying in a hospital, like in a retirement. Yeah. Moment. Like that just sounds like not, I don't know that's such a mean. modern concept. Like, you know, like, oh, let's just wait till death. Oh, that sounds boring. Right, being crushed yeah. by an uh, iron bucket—not something I want to die by. Wait a few more years before you do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah that's the thing. Like ancestral work, like that's a good individual to potentially like reach out to for, like if you're looking for a specific deity or just like a or a specific ancestor or just your ancestors as a whole. Because nine times out of ten, she probably oh, has yeah. one of your ancestors or like you know that ancestor is in her care. I mean, and if, I mean, if anything, you know, if you're trying to reach out to an ancestor, you know, why not talk to her first, you know, be like, right. Hey, I'm trying, you know, to open that door a little bit, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So like, she has more that to offer obviously than just, Oh, she is the goddess. Of goddess death, of you know? death. Oh. Right. Yeah. It's like she's potentially a really good gateway to speaking to an ancestor. A lot of different, a lot of different topics, especially when like you said, like you were saying ancestry work, but you know, we don't know for sure what happens after death. We have tales and stuff like that, but we won't know until we die. 
what 100 absolutely assured well i think so, a good thing to start wrapping up this episode is um you know the research i did for the valhalla video like the you know the actually talking about valhalla mm -hmm. and the reality and actually looking at what the ancestors thought what the viking people thought and pre-christian scandinavian germanic people thought is it seems like they thought life and death were uh, were like a, a boat i mean boats were such a heavy symbol in the transition of life into the the next life um, you know, almost every grave was either buried with a boat with it, burned with a boat, or at least the grave shape was a boat, especially in the Goatland region. So this idea of transitioning on a boat with your possessions and the road to hell, the, the river to hell, these concepts seem to be very prevalent. And so, and it doesn't seem like it was a bad thing. Like, it doesn't look like you're, they were preparing their bodies for a bad thing. Whereas like, you know, again, I don't know that much about Egyptian afterlife, um, Egyptian, modern Egyptian religion uh, and the adherence to that. But it seems like when you died in the Egyptian concepts, you're kind of preparing for a bad thing. <laughs> you know? well, yeah. <laughs> your, heart, your heart has to be lighter than, than the feather or equal to the feather. Like that's the thing. Right. Yeah, it, it kind of goes on to that, like, you've had to have lived a good life in order to go to a good place, essentially. Yeah, and like, it seems like the Egyptian other the other afterlife that wasn't a good one was actually a bad one yeah, yeah. <laughs> like very well, clearly a bad one <laughs> and yeah. then with the uh with the hellenistic you have your church you're judged by three mortal men hades has them set up and if they deem you bad you go to tartarus if they deem your life very very honorable and good then you go to elysium and then you have the fields of uh, asphodel i think is the second one I'm a Norse pagan homie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just comparing the different yeah, afterlives. Yeah, like it, it is a good thing to look at though. Yeah, like to compare is you know overall like you even for us to have like a bad place to go like you have to be like really 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 bad. Right, like I mean you know the only real thing you have with like Nidhogg is like Oathbreakers and things like that, and it's like right, exactly that is such a bare like it doesn't seem like there was anything we don't have anything historic to really back that up it's one line yeah you know yeah. so it's hard to say you know mm -hmm. like even looking at like bog bodies like i remember reading i think it was neil price's book on vikings they were talking about bog bodies and at first they thought it was a bad thing like this was something like criminals were thrown into the bogs but it seemed like that was more of a, a ritual sacrifice was for the bogs because they had like good meals in their stomachs when they died um mm -hmm. and they were hung beforehand so it well, wasn't like they were drowned in them that's kind of like um what is that netflix show that just came out with the germanic pagans barbarians barbarians where the dad to let his son inherit his place he walks into the oh, bog yeah. spoiler <laughs> but yeah thanks <laughs> yeah, yeah. if i want to go back forward let me do a spoiler word in there but like, uh, yeah, no, uh, it's too late now <laughs> yeah, but yeah you know that's, that's a thing like you know he ate a good meal thought about his son I'm like all right i'm gonna let him inherit my thing i'm going and embracing my death and he walked into the bog with a sword yeah so the um yeah this idea of the the duality of afterlifes to me where it's good and bad are definitely a very christian concept and a barely a christian concept at that it seems like with you know how much you know stuff has been changed um and then looking at the norse concept of good or bad it doesn't seem like there was like valhalla i wouldn't even say is necessarily the better afterlife it's just a afterlife for warriors hell is a afterlife for everybody else um, yeah. And then something that I really love is something to bring the beauty into hell as an afterlife is um, Helvigan by Wardruna. 
yeah. um and you know especially their version and then i think it's called drada's version like i openly weep basically every time i listen to that because it's so beautiful and especially if you look up the lines mm-hmm. um you know talking about you know at first it's a person walking the road to hell alone they're cold um you know they're you know they're obviously dead and so they, they have that depression and then like two minutes into the song it opens up to his ancestors, to his, you know, the people he knew in life, singing him across the road to hell. And so, and it goes from a solo singer to a group singing of everyone singing him across to the next life. And I think that is a beautiful representation of there's still that mystery of we really don't know what happens into death, but we do know the people that remember us singing us into that next life. And I think that is the most beautiful thing we can even think about when it comes to death. No, definitely. I would also go back on what you were saying before that is to me, the concept of good and evil is really a Christian thing. Like there's not really a concept of good and evil in any kind of form of paganism. It's just chaos and order. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know, I remember I put a poll out a long time ago is does good and evil, does a true good and evil exist within the Norse concept of reality? And, you know, at least in an ancestral sense, and I was surprised a lot of people actually voted. Yes. It was like 50, 50, if it did exist. Um, because at the end of the day, who determines what good and evil are? Is it the right. gods or was it the people that wrote down the stories about the gods? <laughs> yeah, exactly. because I mean, you, there's arguable things with a lot of the tales and stuff like that you can break down on like with Odin or Thor or other things that they do as it was it good or evil. I mean, you, it's, a, it's a debate on where you see yourself at mentally, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the only sense of morality that seems to exist historically and written down is honor and upholding one's word and the reputation of one and so you know at the end of the day looking at a being like hell you know is it can you judge her on a scale of honor i mean she does her job you know her job was to run the afterlife and it seems like she does that you know right and and like she was has to do it unbiasedly like she uh, part of her um you know her position is she has her eye of truth um where she can look at a person's very you know existence like the core of who they were and basically see like how good of a person they were and so like she yes she is a judge of the dead to a degree but she's still like you know she did it unbiasedly you know she didn't have her own personal reasons for letting somebody in or out it was just oh okay you're not necessarily the best person like you did some things and like they're a little questionable or blah 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 but you know it wasn't necessarily her job to put you in at that he wasn't the the judge or the executioner she's just the caretaker exactly yeah 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 there's really no one in the norse sense that weighs who people are there's no you know i mean anubis is the one that weighs the hearts right i believe so yeah yeah so it's like there's no one like that in the norse from what we can tell of the concept of the dead is there's really no one that when you wake up and you die there's no one sitting there like let's see how your life was you know there really is none of that there really yeah, is only I, the reputation you carry going that, into that. That seems like that was more of a Southern thing than a Northern thing. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, maybe it's because life was so harsh up in the North, but they were like, look, life's been hard enough. Just take a take a breather, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> death, yeah. death was that release from the... Oh, the thank the God I finally died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I, will, I will never forget, I mean, one of the coolest books I ever read, I honestly, I couldn't tell you the name, but it was, uh, I pulled it up in the University of Kentucky's, like, archives. Um, and it was like, I had to go to, like, special collections and, like, they had the the vault from like indiana jones i had to wheel a cart into with white gloves and like get this tome and like wheel it back to me and i had to like carefully like open it it was like a book on the norse mythology 
And I also, I, I've never seen it before, never seen it again. And I wish I took more notes on it. Um, but it was talking about, if you really think about the breakdown, you know, the bread and butter, if, you know, the Mediterranean deities, the, you know, the gods that were birthed around the Mediterranean were lighter, you know, they had lighter lives. But then you look at the concept of the Norse deities, the realm that they were birthed in, um, whether they were actual gods or their stories, it was a harsh world. And so they had harsher tones to everything. And therefore their afterlife was a little bit lighter <laughs> because like your life was so hard. So why would you want even to, what, what was the point in living if you had a hard life? Life, and then you kept just heard stories of a hard death. This all sucks. It's even more depressing. Right. Right. Can yeah. only go it, down from here. <laughs> yeah, like looking at, at the, the Norse concept of the afterlife of, of essentially it's there's really no bad place. Um makes me think of one of my favorite lines from uh the movie Hook of death is just the next great adventure. Hmm. You know, and that that's kind of what they play onto. Like that's kind of the concept that they roll with is that, you know, yes, life was hard. And sure, you you may have lived uh, you know, a relatively exciting life, or maybe you didn't, you lived a, a normal life, but now that you have passed on and you have left that like physical, you know, uh meat sack that we call a body, you know, and, and you're now in this afterlife, like you can do something more with it, you know, or you can do something different with it, you know. Say you were, you know, just a, a normal farmer. And you're in your, your living life and you pass on and you go to hell like who's to say like there isn't a way to like do something else you know pick up a different trade that's something you want to yeah. do far before yeah we're i mean we're definitely oh, you know drifting away from like the topic of the hell but i mean it's it's still yeah. i mean hell is death so you know, talking about death is you know a big concept it's half the reason probably religions exist in the first place is because we want to know what happens when we die right um and obviously anyone who's seen someone die you automatically everyone questions their own morality the moment you see someone close to you die the moment you see a body you're mm -hmm. like oh my gosh what happens to me um and so that this is the story of humanity we've always been seeking those answers um, and I think that's one of the most powerful things in, in the Northern tradition is ancestor veneration, uh, because that is one of the only things we can hold on to is who we came from and who mm. we're going to pass on. And I, I, you know, as I'm finishing the Viking TV show as we're recording this now, I think one of the coolest things about the end of the show right now is the fact that, you know, the children of Ragnar Lothbrook are, you know, everyone knows them as that. It's like, you know, he left a lineage for his children. Um, and it's, you know, the question of what are they leaving behind in their lives as well. I have my problems with the show, um, you know, even more so after Ragnar's death, but seeing what happens to his children and seeing how they are interacted with as being children of someone so legendary is very interesting, because that is something that we have lost is, I mean, it's something I think maybe in the South, there is a little bit more tied to it and maybe one of the more interesting reasons as we discussed last uh, episode why norse paganism and paganism in general is reviving in the appalachian region is they were already kind of pagan um especially with like people know who your father was who your great-grandfather was last names carry weight and mm -hmm. uh and reputation you know i mean baker would attest to this as well i think he's mentioned before it's like his last name got tainted you know his father was not a good man and so he's always had to fight to you know adhere and, and honor his family's name again um, and I do think that's something we've lost and something that does make us better people is, is caring about where we came from, caring about where, what we leave behind. You're talking to somebody who lives in a small Texas town. Everybody knows who my dad is, my yeah. grandpa and my great grandpa. <laughs> yeah. So definitely can attest to that. Um, but yeah, I think this is pretty good yep. for the episode in general. Um, Ian, we'll leave it to you one last time. Is there anything else you want to tell baby pagans out there that want to know more about your darling hell? 
yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, I would say, you know, my biggest advice is don't necessarily be afraid um, to reach out for like to her if you, you know, uh, if you feel that calling, obviously, like I wouldn't say just, you know, go bother her or reach out to her just because, you know, you want to necessarily, but I mean, you can if you do, but like I said, it's your soul, not mine, but um, 50, 50. Yeah, but yeah, it's, I would say don't let the negative connotations from uh, clearly like media and, and, you know, from a, a Christian standpoint of the afterlife or hell as a, as a deity be, you know, kind of tarnished and think that she is some evil being. Yep. So to speak. She's not, she's really not. She's a lovely lady. She can be a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, I really do think that, you know, as as a community in general, as a as a larger reaching Norse pagan heathen community, it's there's definitely that still that divide of you know what was recorded down was not very good, but what people are experiencing is contradicting that, and so it is going to be a constant battle to try to you know and hopefully you do write a book about your experiences with hell and they can help they can be another stepping stone into improving that that reality of being a practitioner and venerating the goddess of death. Mm-hmm. And and you also leave your thumbprint and on the world and you can inspire others to worship and reach out to her. Yeah. My main goal is yeah, just to change that negative connotation that has been put on her over the centuries. You're gonna be battling Christianity. Good luck. <laughs> all right. Well, gentlemen, let's go ahead and end the episode. Um, so thank you all for joining us for the folk podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you are interested in being on the folk podcast, please email us at thefolkpodcast at gmail.com, which now sure mocks me every time I say it, <laughs> I see him doing it, but it is important to receive these emails. We do read every single one and we do try to discuss um, what guests to bring on based on what we want to talk about. Cause obviously these episodes are influenced by our personal experiences and what we have learned along the way. So once again, email us at the folk podcast at gmail.com if you have topics or would like to be on the show. Otherwise, thank you all very much. And until the hall, skull. Skull. Skull.